Amen. There's nothing wrong in the world with that, is there? I tell you, I think a lot of times our God is too small. This is why we doubt revival. We doubt God being able to work and to change America and turn the direction around. I believe God's big enough, and we just got to be big enough in our hearts and our minds. Good singing tonight. Appreciate that from our, I'll say our young people. Are they young people? What do we call them? Our, our, our kind of younger people. They're not young people, but uh, glad to have them here and glad to have Miss Kristen aboard, one of our teachers. And I'm looking forward to a great day tomorrow with our school beginning here. And uh, I'll try to be brief in the message the Lord will allow us to do that. And at the conclusion of the service, we're going to bring uh, several of our teachers up and then some of our, our uh, graduates who are headed off to college. And got a lot of people to pray for, so we're going to kind of jump right into this if we can. So turn to uh, almost the back of your New Testament to 1 John, if you don't mind. 1 John. And uh, we're going to kind of pick up on this running thought of growing beyond. We've been, uh, been doing this, I think, for the last 10 weeks. I went back and looked at my notes, and uh, we've covered a lot of topics under this. And I asked the Lord when we first got here if he'd allow us to preach on uh, just some things where we could grow together in as a church. And uh, this series on growing beyond has, uh, has been a blessing to me, and I think it'll be a, a blessing to our church in the long run. And I looked over the list this afternoon. We've looked at uh, growing beyond self, growing beyond life, difficulty, doubt, culture, the place that we're at, weariness, our thoughts, uh, the ordinary, and last week we looked at failures, and tonight we're going to look at one that I think is very important, First John chapter number 4. If you're there, let's go ahead and stand together, and uh, then we'll read verse uh, 1 down through about verse number 4. First John chapter 4, verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Notice that's the capital S. Every spirit, lowercase s, that confesses not, confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let's pray. Lord, I do thank you tonight for the privilege to be here. Thank you, Lord, that you gave us safety as we traveled in the weather. And Lord, I pray for those that weren't able to make it. Be with them as they're at home. Be with those that are watching even by live stream tonight. Pray your spirit would work in our hearts and lives. Draw us closer to you and grow us a little bit through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I believe not long after I got here, kind of preached out of uh, a similar passage as this and referred to this, uh, but there's something tonight I believe God would have us to look at and to learn and to grow through, and it's something I believe that we'll probably need tomorrow as we begin a new week. A lot of our kids will be getting new schools, and some have already begun schools and uh, jobs and whatnot, but uh, tonight I want you to think about uh, how many times you've gone up and down the highway. And uh, as you go up and down the highway, oftentimes uh, all over the country, you'll see crosses. Uh, sometimes you'll see wreaths on the side of the road. As a matter of fact, there's one right up here uh, on the left, some flowers, where evidently there was a car accident uh, and someone lost their life. But it's interesting to go up and down the road, and you see these crosses that are there, and you'll see memorials that are there on the side of the road. If you've ever been uh, out in the Southwest, even down into old Mexico, where my grandparents were missionaries, they are just everywhere. Every, I don't know, half a mile, every mile, you'll see a cross there on the side of the road. And oftentimes, as I see those crosses and those memorials on the side of the road, my mind begins to wonder, you know, what happened? 
there. Obviously, there was an accident. Obviously, most likely, someone lost their life and began to try to, to, to wonder and to figure out what may have happened to the folks there. Sometimes you'll see trees with scuff marks on the side where vehicles hit them, or maybe power poles or skid marks there on the side of the road. And oftentimes, we'll find out through watching the news or reading in the papers that uh, these accidents took place because of either alcohol. A lot of times, that was an influence there in the accident. Uh, today, it's even becoming more common in giving alcohol a run for its money with distracted driving with people on their cell phones and uh, maybe people reaching in the back seat to, uh, uh, to help a kid or to pick something up out of the floorboard. Some folks uh, fall asleep, but here's what I want to get at t- uh, tonight. Oftentimes, the reason we see these accidents, people that are unable to complete the journey they were on to continue on their journey down the road, uh, it's because there was some type of an influence that came upon them as they drove, whether it be alcohol, whether it be an animal running across the road, something came along that influenced their journey. Now, this is where we come up with the term. We have the term defensive driving. I remember when I, when I got my driver's license studying and reading about defensive driving that as you go up and down the road, you have to not only worry about your vehicle, but you have to worry about other people's vehicles, and you have to worry about animals on the side of the road, and you have to worry about other folks that may be uh, under the influence of something else. And so we teach this thing called defensive driving, and I printed off the definition of it for you tonight. Listen close to what it says. Standard safe practices for motor vehicle operations defines defensive driving as skills, as driving to save lives, time, and money in spite of the conditions that are around you and the actions of others. So as you learn defensive driving, some of you young people are learning to drive, and some of you still haven't learned to drive, but you do have a license, but uh, you learn how to drive defensively. That is how to keep your car on the road and how to get from point A to point B in spite of the conditions around you or the actions of others. That's called defensive driving. Now, I want you to think about it tonight in the way, uh, in the thought of our journey as a child of God. The Bible oftentimes relates our journey of growth as we are completing the journey from point A here on earth to reach point B when we stand before God one day. The Bible calls it a race oftentimes. As we go throughout this race, I don't know about you, but there are oftentimes influences that enter into my life that disrupt my race. I know on a daily basis, I was speaking with someone the other day, that on a daily basis, I have to work hard to handle distractions. I have a list in the mornings of things that I have to do. I have a calendar that I try to look at every morning of things that I need to get accomplished in that day. I don't always do that. And I have a daily discipline sheet that I keep on my my computer. And on number three, it says this, avoid allowing distractions to avoid priorities. I have to read that every morning. Avoid allowing distractions to avoid priorities. Why? Because as you journey along in your day, things come up, do they not? Uh, I mean, all day long, something comes up, and if you're not careful, as you're making the journey of each day or the journey of each week, before you know it, distractions and influences have come along, and they have gotten you off track. So you've got to learn to manage distractions, and when we read 1 John chapter number 4, the Bible says, beloved, believe not every spirit, okay? Believe not every spirit. The Bible's telling us, notice, these are small S's, okay? This is not the capital Holy Spirit, but the Bible says, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they have God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. 
Now, here's what the Bible is saying. There are many influences that are going out into the world, negative, false influences that seek to influence your journey as a child of God from where you are to where God's calling you to be. Now, understand tonight, it's just like going down the road. Not only do you have to learn to drive defensively, but as a Christian, you must learn to live defensively. If you don't mind what's going on around you and the influences that come into your life, you'll never get to where you're going. This is why my family, we like to travel at night on vacation. Uh, We leave at night. Number one, Miley sleeps there in the back of the car. My wife told me she's entering junior high school not to joke about her drooling anymore. So I'm not going to do that anymore, okay? I'm not going to pick on you behind the pulpit. And, uh, but she'll sleep back there in the back seat, not saying she's drooling, but she'll be sleeping back there in the back seat. And the reason we, dr- we go at night is because you have less distractions at night. Everything that you want to stop and do is probably closed. And so we learn how to minimize the influences and distractions along the way. And I believe tonight, us as Christians, we've got to learn to manage the influences on a daily basis in our life, okay? So tonight, we're going to look at a simple subject of growing beyond influences or distractions, if you will. We're going to look at the spiritual ones. Verse 1 through verse 4, the Bible uses the word spirit many times. Notice this. The Bible says, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. The first thing tonight that I want to show you that I believe God wants to help us manage the influences that seek to disrupt our journey as we fulfill the will of God. Number one tonight, notice a word of caution. He's giving them a word of caution. He's telling them that there are many false spirits or many false influences that have gone out into the world. Now, I don't know about you, but I encounter them on a daily basis. It's amazing. Sometimes they come in the form of people. Sometimes they come in the form of a text message. Sometimes they come in the form of a total stranger that you meet in the grocery store. But the devil is willing to use any false spirit or influence to derail the journey of the will of God for your life. Now, notice the Bible says there's false prophets. False is the key word I want you to focus on. Now, I want you to think about the Holy Spirit, all right? As a child of God, he lives within your heart. The Bible says the indwelling of the Holy Spirit came when you got saved. Aren't you glad? It's that still small voice that's kind of like our security system and alarm system when you start getting close to something you shouldn't be doing or somewhere you shouldn't be going. And that Holy Spirit of God works as a GPS, He kind of gives you guidance and direction. What is the Holy Spirit wanting to do? He's wanting to guide you. He's wanting to direct you. He's wanting to protect you. And as long as we give heed to that influence, we're going to be fine. But it's when we allow the other ones to influence that we're trouble. The Bible tells us when the devil was cast out of heaven that he took a lot of false influences with him. The Bible says that they are here. And then, look, I'm not trying to scare you uh, tonight, but uh, I'm glad we can't see them. Aren't you? I'd never go deer hunting again. You can see these things walking up and down the street, all the things that are there. They're all here, and they seek to influence our journey. So God says, I want you to be aware of that. The Bible tells us in the book of Ezra, as they sought to rebuild the temple, the house of God, that the Bible says they were sent those to frustrate their purpose. You ever meet people like that? Amen? You just think that they were sent to this world and this life to frustrate your purpose. Now understand, the devil does not want you to complete the journey of the will of God for your life. And so he will use these false prophets, these spirits, the false spirits, to influence you in a negative way. 
Nehemiah ran into this. As he rebuilds the wall, Sanballat, Geshem, and Tobiah, they were always trying to get him to come down. What did Nehemiah say? He said, why should I come down and the work cease? You see, Nehemiah recognized that they were there to frustrate the purpose of the will of God that he was working on. Now, folks, this is where we got to be a little bit more spiritually smart. I'm going to tell you, there's a difference in being religious and being spiritual. Being spiritual is where you are more in tune with the capital S that lives in your heart. The Holy Spirit, that holy influence that wants to guide and direct and protect you. Now, folks, if you're not in tune with that one, you're going to be more susceptible to the other ones. The next thing you know, your life is going to be another one of those Christian wreaths on the side of the road. You're going to get derailed. You're going to get distracted. Why? Because you did not heed the warning of the false spirits. Galatians tells us in Galatians chapter 5, you did run well. You did run well. You know, I don't know that there's a Christian tonight that, I, that I've ever met who didn't do well for a little while. We get saved, we get baptized, we get in church, we get, on for, we get excited for God, finish discipleship, things like that. And man, we're, we're doing well, and then all of a sudden, train wreck. All of a sudden, a spiritual car accident. All of a sudden, we've gotten off track, and now we're in a spiritual ditch, if you will. Why? Because we did not heed the caution of the influences that seek to frustrate the purpose of the will of God. Folks, we need to hear this word of caution tonight. I read a statistic the other day that nine deaths a day, nine deaths a day occur because of distracted driving. Nine deaths a day. Now, I can't stand before you. I'm a little bit of a hypocrite. Every once in a while, I'll look at my phone when I'm driving. Uh, I have two Holy Spirits, one in my heart and one in the passenger seat. Her name is Leslie, and uh, she helps me. Uh, you need to put that down. Hey, you want me to text for you? She has a very sweet, submissive way to do it, by the way. Do you need some help, honey? She's telling me, I'm scared to death. Give me your phone and let me finish the text. That's what she's really saying. What is she trying to do? She's trying to influence the journey where not only do I finish it, but she gets to finish it as well. And it pays me well to heed that. But if you're not careful spiritually, as you set out on this journey of life to fulfill the will of God, you get you one of those big old phone book Bibles, you're excited about it, you're tucking it under your arm, you're knocking on doors and you're soul winning, you better be aware of the false spirits, the false influences that are going out into the world, or before you know it, you'll be in the ditch. Why? Because you didn't heed the word of caution that is here. James chapter 4, verse 17, the Bible tells us that he that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now, folks, we know the direction God's calling us in. And we know what God wants us to do. The devil knows that as well. And the devil desires to get us off track by sending those influences and distractions our way. If you're not careful, it'll happen to you. I don't know how many Christians that I've spoken to in the last 24 years of ministry who says, I never thought I'd get here. Never thought I'd get here. Never thought that would happen to my home. Never thought that this would happen to my marriage. Never thought that that would be my kid. You see, folks, sometimes we live in this fantasy land. Thinking that we're six foot tall and bulletproof. No, listen, if they could get David and Solomon and Samson, look, if they could get them, you and I don't stand a chance if we don't realize tonight that the influences are there. So we've got to heed the word of caution. The Bible tells us about the children of Israel. The Bible says that the children of Israel did not, watch this, did not destroy all of the Canaanites that were there that God told them to get rid of. Now, can I tell you why God told them to get rid of those people? Not because God hated them, but because he knew they would be an influence upon his people. So God says, get rid of all of them. Get rid of all of them. Wipe them out. 
Bible says they did not heed the will of God and get rid of the false influences. The Bible says they were mingled among the heathen. The Bible says they learned their works. You keep reading, you'll find that the Bible says that they sacrificed their children to the false gods of the Canaanites. You see, the influence, the influence. I think tonight, you look at the home and the attack that the home is uh, under in America. Do you know the home is the foundation of, of so much that we hold dear? This church, this country. You know, you look at the country, you see this giant United States of America, and you have the red states and blue states. Zoom in a little bit. Get past the state level. Get past the city level. Get past the county level. Keep zooming in, zooming in, zooming in. You know what you're going to see? You're going to see families. That's what America is. We're just a giant collection of 300-something million families. That's what we are, just a, a bunch of families. And if the devil wants to undermine this country and this church, he's going to target the family. But here's what scares me. We are not afraid. You can tell. We're not afraid of the influences that, that are penetrating our home. It comes through the television. It comes through our phones. It comes through sometimes even family. Folks, listen, I love my family. I'm thankful for my family. But when it comes down to it, I've got to protect my wife and my daughter from influences that seek to derail them in the will of God for their life. When it comes down to it, their spiritual survival should mean more to me than blood. Got to be careful tonight, folks. Why? Because of influences. There's many going out into the world. There's many that just seek to frustrate the purpose of the will of God in your life. Now, real quickly, number one, notice the word of caution. Number two, look down, verse number two. The Bible says, hereby I know ye the Spirit. I love this one. This is the capital S. The Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Now, I don't want you to go home tonight and hide in your closet, okay? I don't want you to go home and get you some garlic necklaces on and some wood crosses and just, you know, kind of walk around scared to death that some evil spirit's about to jump out of the woods all over you, okay? We, we still got to serve God. We still got to continue this journey, so what do we do? We got to figure out which ones are good and which ones are bad, all right? Now, the Bible tells us, verse 2, just how to do that. Number two, notice the way to confirm. The way to confirm. The Bible says, hereby know ye. Now, can I tell you, you can see the love of God in this. That God wants us to know which influences are of him and which one are not of him. The Bible says, hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Now, folks, here's what God's saying. You ever been going down the road and see those signs that say deer crossing? They're letting you know that this is a, an area that's prone to deer. I just got to tell you this. You need to go home and Google the call-in radio show. I think it was this lady who called into this radio show. And this lady's chewing out the folks on the radio show. She says, why did you put that deer crossing sign right in the curve? She said that was the dumbest place to put it because now deer are crossing in the curve and people are getting in accidents. I thought it was a joke until I heard it with my own ears. She says, why didn't you put it down there in the straightaway and get the deer to cross down there? Why did you put it right here? I'm telling you, America's in trouble. <laughs> Somebody needs to write a book called Uncommon Sense because it's not common anymore. But they put those signs to let you know you're in an area that's prone to influences that could derail your journey. So what God's telling us in verse number two, here's how you know when there's something in your life, an influence that's going to derail your journey. Notice, the Spirit bears witness of the truth. 
The Bible says, hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Here's how you know. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, that's truth, is of God. The way that you know tonight whether that influence is going to encourage you on your way or distract you from your way is the capital S is going to always bear witness of the truth. Something that blows my mind tonight is how many Christians who leave a good Bible-preaching Baptist church and get off into one of these non-denominational no-name churches that doesn't believe anything close to what... Can I tell you what happened? There's an influence there. And, and say, so you know what? This kind of feels good. And you know, my friends like it, and so this must be good. They never took the time to fact-check the Spirit via the truth. Look, can I tell you, folks? I, I'm an emotional guy. I really am. I can cry over an animated deer dying. I can. I, I, don't, I think I got that from my mom. I don't know why, but I, I'm an emotional guy. I can get stirred up in an instant. I, look, be careful with your emotions. Because there's going to be all kind of feelings come over you in life. I'll be at a ball game sometimes, and there'll be feelings coming off. I'm going to my first LSU ball game this year. I'm excited. I told Brother Brent, I may paint my face. I don't know. I'm going to be all excited. I'm going to be down there. You may see me on the news, man. And all of a sudden, you get all stirred up. Can I tell you, look, as stirred up as you get, God ain't in that. God ain't the one stirred me up, you know, to tell that guy to, to break his clavicle and break his shin and all that. God ain't in that. And so I have these feelings, and I have these emotions, but you better learn to try the spirits, to try the emotions and the influences in your life. And God says there's a way to confirm it. He says that the spirit will bear witness of the truth. Now, here's what is interesting. I see this happening in a lot of churches today to where we act like the spirit and the truth or the spirit and the word are good cop, bad cop. Some people are, you know, my church is when we lift up the word, lift up the word, and we don't get on all that spiritual stuff. And some people say, well, we have all spirit. Can I tell you, they're on the same team. And they work together. You know, they're, they're not going to pull against each other. You know, I remember as a kid going to mom and dad, and, uh, well, this is, this is weird having mom and dad here now. You know, because i got to be careful what stories I tell, because I don't know that uh, statute of limitations and all of that is, you know, still in effect. <laughs> But I got to be honest, you know, so I would have to be honest. But I remember uh, I would always go to mom and ask for what I wanted, you know. And then mom would say, go talk to your dad. Like, no. <laughs> you know, I would go to one and the other one would back them up. I'm like, come on, who's going to be the good cop? One of you needs to be the good cop, one of you be the bad cop. No, they acted like they were on the same team or something. By the way, I think it's a good idea, mom and dad. That you be on the same team. Don't undermine each other. You see, they were working together to help me keep the direction that I needed to go. That's the way the Spirit and the Word work. They back each other up. And you're going to have all kinds of influences come into your life. And look, before you allow that influence to come in and influence the direction of your life, you better run it past the Word first. I have people tell me about all these spiritual things happen to them. I could tell you stuff that we sit here all night laughing about. I'm talking about people talking to insects and insects talking to them. It takes a, it, look, I want you to know, it takes a lot of fortitude to keep a straight face in a moment like that. The Holy Spirit spoke to me through a bug. You know, every time I'm going down the road, one of them hits my windshield. I think, oh, you know, that could have been the Holy Spirit. So I sit there and I'm speaking to this lady and I said, ma'am, 
this is what the Bible says about that. Show to the Bible. Well, it may say that, but I know what I experienced. Look, folks, she was going with her experience more than she was going with what the Word of God says. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak through bugs. I haven't found a precedent in there yet where the Holy Spirit spoke to somebody through a bug. So I'm just going to go with what the book says. But if you're not careful, your feelings, your desires, your emotions, your experiences will have more weight than the Word of God. So the Bible says you better check it out and make sure it's of God. 1 Kings chapter 13, the Bible tells us real quickly about the prophet that was sent to, uh, to speak with Jeroboam, and, and he healed Jeroboam of his withered hand. God told the prophet, he says this, I want you to go, and I want you to come straight back. Don't stop to drink anything. Don't stop to eat anything. Don't even stop to spend the night. Come back a different way than you went, 1 Kings 13. The Bible says that he goes, and he completed half of his mission, and the Bible says there was an old prophet. It's interesting that the Bible gives us that account that it was an old prophet, And he comes to the younger prophet and he says, hey, why don't you stop in for the night? He says, I can't do that. God told me, the word of God says, go, come back a different way, don't stop. And here's what he said. But God told me to tell you to turn in for the night. Now listen to me. You're going to hear a whole lot of people in this world, a lot of influences, try to give you direction based on something God told them. But understand, number one, there's no new revelations. Number two, if it doesn't line up with this book, God didn't tell them that. You've got to learn, listen, to grow beyond influences that seek to derail you. And by the way, some of them may have brother in front of their name or doctor, whatever Benny Hinn has in front of his name. We watch that for fun, not for doctrine, okay? Amen. I hope so. How many times we hear people say, I, well, this is the way I feel. You know, sometimes the way that I feel is, is, is really influential in my life. But sometimes it's just heartburn. All you need is a Tums. That's it. It's nothing of God. You need to learn to govern the influences in your life. And the Bible says, hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come with the flesh. He says, the Spirit will bear witness of the truth. I mean, this even goes down to the influence of yourself upon your own life. How many times do you hear people say, well, this is the way that I think. Nothing wrong with thinking. I think more people ought to try it. (laughs) Nothing wrong with the way you think. But if the way you think doesn't line up with what thus saith the Lord, chunk what you think out the wind and go with what God said. Now listen to me. This This is what Peter did. When Peter was fishing, you recall, and was not catching any fish all night long, Jesus says, cast your net on the other side. And old Peter almost messed up. Here's Peter thinking, I'm a fisherman. This is what I do. I'm a professional. I've got this figured out. And what did he say? Nevertheless. Okay. All right, I'm going to give up what I think for what you say. And oh, was Peter blessed because Peter didn't allow Peter to influence himself over the word of God. Be careful allowing that influence of even yourself to influence and derail what God is leading you and what God's calling you to do. Real quickly, can I tell you tonight, where something leads you to will give you a lot of idea of where it's from. Notice the Bible says, hereby know ye the spirit of God. That means from God. So where something is leading you to will give you a good idea of where it is from. The Bible says in John that he was sent from God to bear witness of the light. You see, what John was about gave us evidence of where he was from. 
So tonight, if there's an influence in your life, and that influence is not leading you to what thus saith the Lord, it's not of God. It's not from God. Folks, listen, if we don't learn to manage this, we're in trouble. There's too many influences going out into the world, and we're not aware of it. We're just kind of skipping down the way, and those influences are slowly turning us away from God. How do we know? The Bible says that truth, the Spirit of God, the capital S, will always bear witness of the truth. So number one, or number two, we see the way to confirm it is through the Word of God and what is truth. And the last thing, notice the word of confidence he gives us at the end of verse number four, or at, at, at verse number four. Bible says, you're of God, little children, and have overcome them. I love the way that God put verse number four because he didn't say you are overcoming them. Overcome is past tense. Those influences that seek to interfere with your journey of the will of God for your life and seek to interfere as you try to raise your children in a nurture and admonition of the Lord and build a home that honor and glorifies God. Those influences that have gone out into the world, they don't realize it yet, but they're already overcome. Number three, notice the word of confidence that God tells them. He's telling them they don't have to influence you. You know, I, th- I think we've all heard that line, the devil made me do it. Well, the devil can't make you do it unless you allow him. Learn to live defensively. The Bible says you're of God, little children, and have overcome them. Listen, when Christ overcame them, that through the power of God, you can overcome them now. It's already done. They don't know it, but they're beat already. I think about as a parent, man, sometimes as a parent, I worry about my daughter and the world she's going to grow up in. I mentioned that this morning. I really do. Look, I'm not worried about the economy. I'm really not. Because God said he'd take care of the economy. We just took care of God's things. Matthew 6, 33, that's what he's saying. Look, I know there's wars and, and rumors of wars. I know all of that and earthquakes and all that. Uh, listen, what I'm worried about is the spiritual threat in this country. Think about my daughter. But can I tell you one thing that gives me a lot of hope tonight? Is the fact the Bible says... You're of God, little children, have overcome them because greater is he that is in you. This is why, number one, it's important that we teach our kids about the Lord where they can come to accept him as Savior. When they get saved, the Bible says that greater is he that is in you. That no matter what my daughter's going to face, whether I'm here to help her or not, that she's got something greater on the inside than whatever she will face in this world. I know... I don't know it personally, but just from the look on some of our college parents' face the last few days and weeks, this is a tough deal for moms and dads letting their kids go. Some of them are like celebrating. Somebody, you know, going buy, I think Brother Monroe's going to buy a Harley or something after his are gone, but uh, no, I'm thinking it's kind of tough. But I gotta tell you, as a parent, what great comfort I have that one day, you know, when that day comes for my daughter, knowing that I'm sending her out into the world with something greater. Yes, there are influences that are going to try to get to her. Yes, there's influences that are going to try to derail her. Yes, there's influences that are going to try to distract her. But by the grace of God, what she has inside of her is greater. You see, this is where it comes importance of putting that word in there, making sure that they're saved. The Bible says in Acts, the book of Acts, that Paul essayed to go to Bithynia. Paul wanted to go and preach in this direction. The Bible says the Spirit forbade him. The Spirit of God, capital S, had such influence in the life of the Apostle Paul, it governed his very direction. Now, that's a scary thought, moms and dads, to think that. In just a few days, some of you will be sending your kid off to college. 
But what a blessing to know that there is a capital S if your child is saved living in their heart that can guide them in their very direction. That capital S of an influence. Real quickly, we see this in the life of Joseph. Oh, man. You see all the influences in Joseph's life that tried to get him off track. I mean, one was his own family, his brothers. Sold him into slavery, put him in the pit, sold him into slavery. Now he's in prison. And yet David just kept the course, kept the course, kept the course. Why? Because the influence in Joseph was greater than any influence he would come in contact with. Folks, and I, I think as people of God, we have got to learn to grow beyond the influences that seek to derail us. You know, if, if I don't actively follow my list in the mornings that says avoid allowing distractions to avoid priorities, if I don't stick with this, all of a sudden this phone call comes in, this text message, this message comes in, this, I got to go to the hospital, all this. Next thing I know, I've not gotten anything done. Why? Because all the different influences that have popped up. One day you're going to look up and you're going to be really old, 150. And by the end, most of your life is probably behind you. I had to pick a number that wouldn't offend anybody, you know. I just want you to know that I love you. I don't think we have anybody over 120 here, right? A few of you, I'm not sure. But your life's going to be over, and you're going to look back and begin to take stock as Solomon did of what you got done and how far you went. And I'll promise you, if you learn to govern the influences and grow beyond the influences, those lowercase s's, you'll have something to show for your 150 years. But if you're not careful... Those lowercase s's will rob you of minutes and hours and days and weeks and months, and you'll stand before God and have nothing to lay at the feet of Jesus. I'm glad tonight that God gave us something greater. You say, greater than what? Greater than anything you're going to face. He gave us a capital S, and that capital S is bigger than all of the lowercase s's combined. If we'll just, if we'll just this evening allow the power of God to keep us our life between the ditches. Let's have our heads bowed tonight and our eyes closed. We'll stop there. Heads are bowed.